0: Welcome to The Six Again Podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Muton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into The Six Again Podcast. Um, welcome in if this is your first episode listening. Welcome back to those who have listened to episodes in the past, got through them and decided to come back. Um, Why? Yeah, well, I, I, no, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> we're awesome. It's fantastic. you have so much fun. Um, If you have or haven't already and you're a fan of the show, remember to rate and review us, especially on iTunes or any platform that you get. Your podcast really helps us out a lot. And share with family and friends if you have them. And I'm sure you do. You definitely have more than Jared and I do. That's why we spend two nights a week talking to each other through a computer. we got to talk to someone. We do. Um. <laughs> And Adam, I'm for I'm going to upbeat mood. Yeah, Adam, for once,
1: gets to brag something over something for me.
0: Uh, a, hold something over
1: me. For once.
0: Once, once. Yeah. I, I think this is just... Uh... Oh, you're talking about origin. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're talking about... Yeah, final, final. you won a game, mate. Woo-hoo! Finally. I know. It's <laughs> like that 10 years of dominance never happened. Um, <laughs> nah, didn't it. One of me. my favourite tweets, I think, uh, that I saw was a New South Wales supporter... <laughs> saying Queensland players celebrating a try and a match win like they've won the series and I went hey we've watched New South Wales for 10 years we thought we'd give it a crack no it's, <laughs> it's they're professional athletes but they're still playing a game well they just see. play the same game as a lot of other a lot of the some of the they just play the same game as a lot of us have played growing up. They just get to do it at the highest level. But in the end, if you See, win a game, it's fun. You want to celebrate, yeah? They lost a series, but there's nothing wrong with them celebrating that they won a game. See, I, despite I, I the fact it. they lost, and
1: yeah, they lost a the series. Sorry, the amount of bullshit that got thrown around about this Queensland team, like I, like we've said it on this thing that they, you know, they had a horrible first two games and they're struggling mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. But the win against the New South Wales team, we put 76 points on you in two, that, two, two games, games. And, and then pull the off in the third. That's, that'd be something you'd hear about.
0: Yeah. Like. <laughs> and we'll, we'll break down, obviously the third state of origin game in more depth on this show. Other things on the show this week or this episode, some new NRLW signings. We're talking about Storm being relocated for the third time in 12 months. We'll be doing a preview of round 18 and looking ahead to the last third of the season. Um, So, small show for our standards, I guess, but we'll start off with footy tipping over on footytips.com.au, six again, competition. Do you believe there was a full round this week? Who got it? Uh, Drum Kelly, who we haven't talked about in a little while, the early front runner in our tipping comp. I uh, got five for five. So, tipped Queensland to win, obviously, and also nailed the other four NRL games. So, you got the bonus point. or they, sorry, got the bonus point, giving them six for the round. Stevie Wonder Tips and Dan the Man both got four and everyone else pretty much got three. So, as soon as I felt like I was catching up, I've now fallen back again. Um, So, with that six, that would have moved Drum Kelly up. And, of course, this is right when my laptop starting to do its refresh mode and we'll come back to that so <laughs> over on the streak section of the competition i don't think there'll be any change there unless anyone used it on new south wales or queensland no nobody did so that will all stay the same until end of next week tipping oh here we go so that puts drum kelly back into first 102 The Irk and Methodical Flamethrower, both on 101, and Paraplegics and In From The Cold, a new name up there on 100. So five have cracked the century. The rest of us are still lagging behind. So a little more upbeat than usual, even though it was my first day back at work. My name's Adam.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm Jared, and I spent the whole night Watching Origin last night going, please don't hurt Ponga. Please don't hurt Ponga. Please don't hurt Ponga. Hey, wait till he's in there for a whole series. <laughs> oh, mate, I was freaking out every time he even got near or even when he went for a slight jog. I don't know how you felt watching travovich play the whole No, I've got night. a fair
0: bit of confidence back. He's he's looking pretty strong. Yeah, but Ponga's only back for, what like,
1: two games. Yeah, true. I was like, oh, there's a groin injury coming here every time he jump for the ball. I was, but it looks like he scraped through pretty well. Um, and right. yeah, Queensland had a good win last night.
0: That's it. Um, before we get into the show proper, I do want to do a shout out to Hop Nation who did supply me with that brew that I had through our last show and needed it. And I've doubled up with them this episode, checking out the buzz, American Red. It's more of their awesome green and white um can design so you can get hot nation in most good uh bottle shops that stock crafties out of footscray in melbourne and check out the color on that baby oh yeah one of my favorite reds no one can actually see it adam i'll put it up on youtube (laughs) i promise i'm getting better at it and more more uh punctual so this one will be up tomorrow all right let's jump into off the ruck where we talk about everything happening off the field Okay, so we'll get to the COVID and relocation stuff towards the end because it'll be short and not sweet. And uh, We're going to start with State of Origin 3, Queensland victorious over New South Wales by a score of 20 to 18. Uh, so this was down at SeaBus Bus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. I'm assuming most of us watched this. And as a Queensland fan my main thought at the end of this game and throughout it just built towards the end was where the hell was this in games one and two and the win last night, the win last night, I was more annoyed than satisfied in that. I still don't believe we would have won the series um, and we still would have most likely lost games one and two, but they wouldn't have been the blowouts and the embarrassments that they were if this sort of effort those small one percenters that were missing were in place for games one and two. And that annoyed me more than anything watching this, because those things aren't talent plays, they're effort plays. And when you've got less talent, you need more effort generally. It's that, what's that saying? Hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. Um, It's just, um, there were so many
1: questions the way the way Paul Green was doing things and the motivation and stuff like that, and it obviously got com- compounded that compounded that you lost twenty six nil, at Suncorp. at Suncorp in the second game. But as you said, they're doing little things right, like the Fords were getting up, um, they were getting in the face in New South Wales, mm. um, which was very different. But and this is gonna sound hell hella biased, but. It should be its origin. I thought Ponga change you guys. Oh, it made so a huge much.
0: difference. Huge, like difference.
1: this having that X factor at fullback to create something. Like Val Holmes is good, but he just wasn't. He it's didn't a know when to run, player. when to run. Like there was for your fir- for the tr- for, I think it was your first try when
0: um, oh, yeah Hamaso scored. No, that was off Munster run from dummy half.
1: No, no, but early in the set. Oh, yeah stepped off his, I think it was his right, and poked his head through it. Mm. And that just brought on momentum. And a little tiny thing like that just didn't, wasn't happening for you guys. And it was just so subtle and little. Not many people, if you go back and actually watch it, they were going nowhere after that set. And he got out of dummy half and did that. And this poked, poked his nose through. They got him quite easily, but he poked his nose through. Got a quick play to ball. That created momentum. And when there's momentum like that, That's when Munster fries. Mm. And when Munster fries, he can create that for Famasuli, which obviously ended up in the try. That's just something you guys haven't had. And unfortunately for you, Munster wasn't able to do that himself for the first two games and Mm. then create that momentum. He he was just holding back, waiting for someone else to do
0: it, which he did last night. The two biggest components of that, um, that Queensland have had in recent history have been Justin Hodges and Greg Inglis, and they'd be the two that'd be getting it from dummy half. They'd take those runs up, and Tom Trebojevic was doing it for New South and Latrell Mitchell usually off one off the ruck for him, but um, doing the same thing, getting New South Wales on the front foot early in sets. And Kalen Ponga did that for Queensland. One thing on that try. It was the very last replay. I'm not used to watching Channel 9 anymore, but they did a really good um, job with this one. The very last replay of that first try was from front on. And for any kids out there or adults playing touch footy, league, union, whatever you're playing, Cam Munster's face is the thing to watch because he had his head down to get the ball off the ground. As soon as it was within his grasp, before his body had even come up, his eyes were up. And he was looking at the defense and you can see the moment where he makes his decision that he's going to run and where he's going to run. And his eyes almost. Well, lit up, they lit up, they got bigger. And you could see at that moment that he knew what he was going to do. Um, he got in, he engaged two defenders, which put Tino through the hole and and they scored off. it. And exactly what Jared said, it, that wouldn't have happened without the early momentum that, Holmes just wasn't created. And one of the things that you need for that is pure acceleration off the mark. And Ponga and Tedesco both have that in spades, and he put it to his advantage there. Um, You mentioned the pressure. I think we'll talk about the Latrell Mitchell penalty shot a little bit later on. But the reason why that was a penalty is Christian Welch was running through putting pressure on Mitch Moses. And that was in the 78th minute, and that was happening from the start of the game. There was pressure on the New South Wales halves, there was pressure on their first receivers and there was pressure on the kickers. New South Wales were doing that all series as well. And um, some of the poor kicking from Cherry Evans and Munster in games one and two. Those are the little things. Where the hell was that in games one and two when Cleary and Luai had like an age to kick the ball? That was good to see. Again, it's too little, too late. Um, Another effort play. I think Munster was on the... Queensland were running north. Munster was on the left side of the field. Booted it across early in the set. The first player there um, was Gay guy who got contact, and the second player was Cherry Evans. So your halves supporting each other, and those effort plays of getting down the field and chopping Tedesco's legs out early—they're the things that were missing in games one and two, which allowed New South Wales to build their sets, build their momentum. So it's good seeing all that. To me, that's attitude, enthusiasm, energy, and that's the coaching. That's squad's job before that game yeah. like we've all played sport and we know that there's days where you're more motivated than others you'd think playing in front of a crowd like that would motivate you but that's their workplace they're used to that a lot of these elite players have done that before sometimes you do just need that extra kick and Mal was so good at doing that um, and was quite good at it so
1: yeah and you could tell
0: how personally Personally, the guys who didn't play the first two
1: games took it. Like Ponga was probably the most emotional I've ever seen him. to mm. Tibau T- Fidel, he was just everywhere trying to rev people up, all that kind of stuff. And they brought in guys who were gonna enhance that want in the game. And that and that's what happened. Um and you know what? New South Wales weren't they weren't lacking in any of those departments either. They made no real errors. Their completion rate was on point. Their attitude was there. Fanukin, I thought, absolutely had a killer game. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to say it, but New South Wales attack looked like Queensland's in the first two games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they looked disjointed. They look like no one really knew what was going on. And that's what happens when you put r- new halves in the... Well, you have to say rookie halves, sort of thing. one's played 5-8 at Origin before, hasn't he? Yeah, no, but I'd still call him a bit of a rookie, that's all. Okay, so when you look at their stats for these blokes... Very even again. Oh, you're looking at individuals or team? No, I'm just looking at the halves for New South okay. Wales. So Mitch Moses... Two try assists, one line break, assist, 16 tackles, five runs for 17 metres, one penalty, one error. For Jack Wadden, so had know, one try, one try assist, point. one line break assist, one mm. one line break, 27 tackles, 16 runs for 115 metres. It's pretty good ex- payoff. Well, see, this is what the difference is in origin compared to NRL games. If... Those two were playing and they developed those, they came up with those stats for an NRL game. You'd just be clapping. You'd be like, good guy, you know, Mm. and they still lost. You'd be like, yeah, righto, that's fine, but you had crap. In Origin, there's not 26 rounds to come back from a loss,
0: Mm.
1: there's only three games. And you're defined as a halfback by icing games like last night and that's what New South Wales didn't do last night. That's what the halves didn't do. They didn't win the game at the end. They had um, multiple opportunities in the last 15 minutes to score that last try, and they just couldn't convert. And unfortunately, as I said, there's no take-backs in Origin. That's the name of the game. That means you're a failure at halfback and five-eighth. Um, I believe that's a, that, that they failed, I'm not saying they played
0: bad, they just failed. Yeah, uh, hard. and we saw what happened like with Queensland's era of dominance, how much how much chopping and changing there were with five eights and halfbacks. We talked about a few weeks ago where they had was it five different five eights in a row play an entire series and they kept yeah. changing them every if you're looking yeah. at sorry, yeah. Oh sorry. The, the only thing I'll follow up from that is that Mitchell
1: Pierce had those stats every single time we played Origin. Yeah but it's still considered a failure and and I I really hate saying it because you know it didn't play bad but unfortunately it is what it is like in the first two games Cherry Evans and Munster failed miserably
0: oh yeah they um, I, I'd say Cherry Evans and Munster played worse in games 1 and 2 than White and, and Moses did. Oh, but
1: but that's right but the, it's
0: still a fail mark in the yeah. in the eyes of everyone and
1: that they, they they deserve another crack um you put some game time because mitchell moses jack one that's a, for me that's a pretty good combination their kicking game wasn't flash last night um and all i said in the first in the preview was all they had to give it is give the ball to luttrell and Travovic. they didn't give them enough room
0: and mm. that was the issue that one time again, not enough early ball
1: one of the times
0: yeah well oh, sorry not enough early. Ball. that that's not what i meant to say um when you get early ball, you can create your own chances. What they didn't get was ball with space to work with.
1: Yeah. Like, on, like
0: laterally, not deep.
1: Yeah, and and the one time they did, Latrell Mitchell just tore you guys apart. Yeah, and yeah that's when he said at, at that point. Gate, right? At that point, because New South Wales had about three sets, I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, fuck, we're struggling hardcore. And then I was like, oh, this relax. Okay, our individual brilliance will get us over this. We'll sustain... Mm-hmm our lack of attacking what's the word cohesion to get over this for Queensland, but it obviously didn't.
0: You sound like me for 10 years. We're playing like crap, but English will do something. Yeah. Um, that's pretty well what it was. Like we'll look at, unfortunately if you look at the like Queensland's getting applauded for winning, but New South Wales dominated statistically overall. Not not in every set, but overall. They had four minutes more possession. Completion rates were eighty eight to eighty three, so whatever. But New South Wales um, were dominant in runs, run meters, post-contact meters, tackle breaks, set distance, kick return meters. Um, the only attacking stat out of all those at Queensland were high, was higher in was line breaks, five to three. Like tackle breaks, New South Wales had 11 more overall. Um, Looking through, and we looked at that in games one and two, where overall the stats were pretty even, bar one or two different things, which which separated it. And New South Wales had three force dropouts. Queensland only had one. Queensland's kick the, defuser the was pretty bad, which is forty four percent, and and all that. And I came out of it watching, going to me, that's a classic case. And people who have listened before and new people, you'll know I'm more of a stat head than Jared. I watch sport um for entertainment still obviously but i look at different things and i really like d- diving into stats in australia That's not a huge thing yet but there's a thing called law of averages or in other words like what goes around comes around and to me honestly that was the difference in this game it was good to see Queensland doing those effort plays but they're things you expect going into the game new south wales in games one and two bounces of the ball um it's hard to say penalties anymore because you don't even notice them, but six again calls, um, little mistakes here and there, all went New South Wales way, or the majority did. In this game, uh, it was the return or the opposite. Like there was a a drop ball that got called back, which you could see get called and knock on 99 times out of 100 in an error game. But in this game, it happened to go Queensland's way. And little things like that do add up and they do swing around regardless when refs or coaches say bias or whatever, it's subconsciously in human mind that over time we'll make decisions to try and even out a ledger, um, not purposefully. And to me, that was one of the big things in play in this game. And it could have even been the Latrell Mitchell penalty kick at the end because a professional sports person, one who does kicking as part of their job and who's a very sweet kicker of the ball and can kick a long distance, should have slotted that. That should have gone five, six metres over the crossbar. 50 metres is not a long way to kick a ball off a tee. Um, It's a hell of a lot harder at the end of an origin game when you're fatigued, I understand that. But these are also athletes who train to ensure their bodies are at peak performance for as long as possible. And the size of his legs and the power in those legs, to me... There's still a lot of Australian sport fans that need to grow up and go, that's not how they've done it for 40 years. Why is he trying to kick a penalty when he should have kicked down to the corner? To me, I looked at it and go, yeah, take a shot. You've got two minutes left. You're down by two. Your attack hasn't looked that good the last three or four sets. These are two points that have been gifted to you on a plate. Slot the kick from in front from 50 out and take it to golden point. I, I, I have a, I mean, different it was perspective. a straightforward perspective. It was a
1: straightforward answer. I, I, have, a, I have a different perspective. Um, one, I think Mitchell Moses could have got that.
0: I think Andre could
1: have got that. Yeah. So, but my issue was it, well, with it is I would rather him go for the try just for the simple fact that I don't believe in a, in a golden point situation, Moses and Whiten were going to beat Cherry Embs and Munster for field goals.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if you can make that argument because there's so many I, intangibles in golden point. You, they might not even have to get to a, a dropout. It no, could no, be a Ben I, Hunt situation.
1: I, I get that. What, what I'm saying is that if it goes to the script as every other golden point where it becomes a shootout, as far as ice in the game... Cherry Evans and Munster probably have it over those
0: other two. Cherry well, Evans, like has it said, over everyone with, with field goals in Golden Who? Point, I think Cherry Evans. It's him or Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, top, yeah, top one and two. Yeah,
1: but that, that's my point. Like, as far as icing the game, because yeah, it's just that—that's my only issue with it. If if Cleary and Luai were playing, one, we wouldn't have been in that situation. Mm. But two, um. I would have been a lot more confident going into Golden Point just hmm. with those guys there. That that's the only difference, and I, I I understood the point. I think I got fucking mad on the on the group chat <laughs> from while it was happening, but um, I understood the point when I thought about it more and listened to Freddie's thing. As a coach, he realised that their attack wasn't flat. Yeah, it wasn't looking and, good. Um, he was like, "Well, we're better off playing the odds in our favour than trying to do that," which. You know, for a coach to say that—that's—that's that's ballsy. He pretty much said our attack wasn't going to get past Queensland. So, if if yeah. you're
0: getting up and for that situation, you could get up and for—I uh, don't know. See, so, see, so the it to <laughs> me, be more of a talking point if it was the 15th minute of the game and you're trying to take that shot in rugby league. That's not within the fabric of the game in rugby union. I could understand it, but at the 78th minute, where you've got 90 seconds. Um, it was 100% the correct call, in my, in, yeah, in my it, opinion. Do you know what?
1: NRL supporters are the biggest bunch of wankers. Oh, geez. So- no, except for the
0: ones <laughs> listening. I promise. This is all on <laughs> No, Jared. My, my point is,
1: my point is that, Bloody hell. like, if he got that kick and they went on to win, he would be like, he would have a crown on his head walking mm-hmm. around Gold Coast and. You know, every news reporter would have just went, oh, my God, he's a legend. What a great tactical play by New South Wales. And, yep. you know, no one, for, for, to make headlines, sorry, I should say media a bunch of wakers, but to make headlines for it mm. and to have a conversation piece, because he missed it, no one's going the tactical route. Everyone's going, oh, what a what a dick. Like, why, why, would you why, is,
0: why is the trails name... Oh Mitchell's name getting brought up here. He's not the captain. From last yeah, time I checked, and, he's not and, the captain.
1: And that was going to be my next point. There was like you read through Facebook and oh, social That's... media and all, and they're like, "Oh, Latrell's ego said he could get it." What? A, yeah, what a, i given him get all it. sorts of sorry, feeding him all sorts of insults and stuff like that. But when you turn around and actually think about it,
0: he was their if best player in the football night. team.
1: I was a kicker in a football team. Let's put it this way. I was a kicker, and if I walked up to my captain or coach, which was once Adam, and went, "I want to kick it from here," one Adam probably would have said yes because I never missed.
0: But oh, come on, first. <laughs> they, they its C grade. You only score under the post. No one scores out wide. Oh, look, look, I can tell you some stories.
1: No. Um, but but I As a kicker, and I actually played halfback at a time. Mm-hmm. I didn't get final say. Latrell Mitchell would not have got final say over. James Tedesco, Brad Fittler, Danny Medeiros is the one relaying the messages from Brad Fittler down the bottom. So anyone who's going, on oh, will show Mitchell's ego. Yeah, it, has it ever come didn't... out?
0: Was it Mitchell going, I can kick this and went up to Tedesco? Or was it Tedesco going, you know what, we've got a shot here. Tedesco's captain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now We've got a shot here to take a shot. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know so. what the coolest part of this
1: whole situation was? Someone the, thought the outside post-game, the, the post game interview with Ben Hunt. So they're talking, so I can't remember who was interviewing him, but they're talking to him. I think it might have been Lockyer. And he's like, What do you reckon about the last 10 minutes? He goes, Oh, it's so hectic. I was out of my feet. I know he punched Welching for letting giving that penalty away. He didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was just dreading the fact we'd have to tackle anymore. I was kind of glad they took to the two, but yeah, Ben Hunt just like represented Queensland because he's they got him like. Three, four, five minutes after the game, and his interview, he was just puffing as hard as he could. He was so tired, trying to get some oxygen in. And he's like, "I know he punched Welchie because he let go of a penalty." I was like, "This is that was the and best post-game interview I've seen in a long time because not players aren't allowed to say anything." And then he
0: dropped the mic and walked off. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Are ooh. you ever going to forgive him for that?
1: I don't care. I wasn't going for the Broncos.
0: Uh, um, uh, can
1: you can you Broncos message? message Brent Crow supporters message in and ask if you're ever going to forgive Ben Hunt for the 2015 Grand Final.
0: Never. Um, another thing I took out, massive drop from Cleary to the next halfback for New South Wales. Um, talking about ice in the game, I, I still I still think the halves played okay. I would have preferred Reynolds and Walker together coming in, but that's a story for a different day. With Cleary in the side last night, even without Lui, New South Wales win that game, in my opinion. Um, he's worth more than two points. And that's what the margin ended up being. And it, it went to... The biggest conversation afterwards was, does this save Paul Green? Now, one of our mates, uh, Chrissy Harden, brought up a good point. Queensland don't shop and change. It's not really in their DNA uh, unless they've really been forced by extenuating circumstances, like Ken Walters getting signed for Brisbane, that sort of stuff. I don't think... Um, in my opinion, this game does nothing with regards to reestablishing Paul Green's uh, whatever reputation he still had. Like I said, I've already said it, the, the things that Queensland were doing should have been there in games one and two because they're not out of the ordinary. So if you've been flogged, what was it, 76-6 or whatever over the first two games and you win a game by two points when they're missing their two starting halves from games one and two... That's not even close to saving. He's been massively outcoached by by Fitler in this series. His selections have been poor and he got away with this one due to some things rolling Queensland's way plus the increased amount of effort. Uh, I have no confidence going in. I still have no confidence for next year. But the other side is... Who's going to coach Queensland? Because there's no one really throwing their hand. Up. I'd like a Jason Hetherington to get a crack. I think that'd be a good fit. Um,
1: Actually, someone did put
0: their hand up.
1: And he's one of your coaching greats. Won, a, won, won an unwinnable series. Michael Hagan. No, one one unwinnable. Hagen.
0: Yep. No, I think he's got too much going on off the field, honestly. Oh know. well, it'd be funny. I don't, I don't think he could handle the modern tactics these days. No. But look, oh, I I wouldn't I mind the Walker brothers to combat. Now, shut Shettler. up
1: with the Walker brothers for fuck's sake!
0: Um, you can you imagine them, them thinking outside the-, the box versus Fittler thinking outside the box? Oh man, it'd be yeah, both teams running away from each other to conserve sure. energy. <laughs> um, look. Queensland's got to do what they got to do. Um,
1: I don't believe they got rid of Paul Green. I reckon last night saved him.
0: Yeah, me too. But I still do agree. With
1: but I also think that they need to get more. Like I think they need to get more experienced advisors around him. So we had Neil Henry, Jonathan Thurston, and Nate Miles. Oof. They need to have like last year. Mao Meninga came in to advise with Wayne Bennett. In my perspective, I would put Wayne... I would rather Mal Meninga advising Paul Grant. Um, I would rather, you know, people coming in like that to assist previous coaches, Wharton, and then them being around Slater first and Cronk, um, Smith. Because these boys who are touted as the next coach because they're the saviors of origin for the last 20 years, um, they've also never been a head coach. No, that's a big and Queensland are so damn good at um, easing people into it, like, especially on the field, but off the field as well. Like, um, Mal Meninga was assistant coach for a while before he took on head coach. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what they need to do. Um, Brad Fittler earned his stripes coaching in the juniors and he did his time. He was, his
0: and he also had NRL. Experience.
1: Yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what Queensland needed. To, they don't need to put Billy Slater in there now. They need him around the setup. They don't need him now. Um, which is, I hope they don't do because I hope they don't ruin these people by coaching because coaching can ruin someone just as far as playing can. Yeah. Um, on yeah. the other side or just one more thing, I just thought that New South Wales' attack wasn't as good with Coruscant on the field. Not because of Coruscant's talent, but because of how well Damien Cook was running out of dummy half. Um, And I thought that was pretty noticeable. And Full credit to AJ Brimson coming onto the centres with an injured Valentine Holmes and doing a bang up job in Tom Srebowic. I was actually super proud of him last night when he went on there and I saw him marking up against him. I started, I started rubbing my hands like honestly. Didn't. I, I rate AJ Brimson. Yeah, I do, but I didn't think he'd do well on the the hardest defensive position in the NRL in rugby league against Tom Travojevic. And he done, he pleasantly surprised me. He done did you well. see
0: his tactic he used against Travojevic? What? He shot up on him, didn't leave him any room. He tackled his legs. <laughs> that's literally the biggest difference between what he did. You know why he tackled his companies? legs? So he can't reach that's
1: them. all we can see. That's what I mean. He hurts like, his neck. If my man's he to look up a New
0: choice. South Wales supporter. And she, we talked about how she literally leans following the play. She just kept mm. saying, Why don't they tackle their legs? They can't run without legs. And I was like, I know now." taught not to.
1: Yeah, I know. And you taught not to at seven years old these days in rugby league,
0: not I know, to I touch yeah. And AJ Brimson did it. And it, um, anyway, talking about Trevojevic, uh, Wally Lewis medalist uh, for best player over the series. And this shows how dominating New South Wales was because. While there were probably two outstanding nominations, himself and Ltrell Mitchell, there were still, you'd say the next what, four. three, four players would all be from New South Wales as well. Tedesco did not have a bad series. Payne Haas had a good series. Um, uh, what's his name? Angus Crichton had a good series heading up into last night's game. And what was surprising to me was there's only been four previous New South Wales players to have won the Wally Lewis medal going all the way back to 2004. Yeah. And that really surprised me because 2004, um, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, 10 before the, the huge route started. You'd, I was expecting more New South Wales players to be on that list, but Craig Fitzgibbon was the first one in 4 Anthony Minichello, 2005, and then Gallon in 14, and Tedesco in 19. The only yeah. other Blues who have won that. So, Trebojic... Uh, ended-
1: but in saying that too, Slater shouldn't have won his. I think it was that 2018? When he played oh, when New South games. Wales won. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't have won that. But no. he is... Can't complain about it, it is what it is. Yeah.
0: So Treboje finished with four tries, 13 tackle bus, three line breaks and a combined 563 metres. So you add the extra 47 metres on, which you're not allowed to do, and divide it by three. You pretty much averaged 175 metres, one line break, four tackle bus and one and a half tries a game. That's not Imagine. bad in the elite uh, Coliseum that is State of Origin. So congratulations, yeah. Boyovich. I'm super stoked uh, as a manly supporter, as another manly supporter put on there. Sweet, Wally Lewis medal. Now all you need to do is Clive Churchill, M, and a grand final medal. And I was like, I th- <laughs> think you're, um, I love your optimism. I'm not quite with you just yet. <laughs> Don't worry, Pong is chasing him. So moving on from State of Origins, congratulations, to New South Wales, blah, but it is what it is. Um, John Morris okay. looks as though he's picked up a new coaching gig. And he's going to be an assistant coach to Jason Dimitri at South Sydney next year. So from what we've seen of John Morris over the last couple of years at Cronulla, getting, a, getting more out of a depleted squad an ever changing squad and off field dramas that have engulfed Cronulla over the last however many years. He's proved me wrong. I thought it was a weird signing when they did it. I didn't have much hope or expectation for Cronulla and, I believe he's done a very good job or did a very good job in the time that he was there. I still feel for how he was pretty much kicked out of the job and been replaced by someone who has no runs on the board at this level. Supposedly very good in Craig Fitzgibbon, but not at this level yet. Well, so it's good to see that he gets a new gig at that level. I, I actually think... So...
1: Oh Jesus! Um, I actually think that when sharks play well, like he that Josh Hannay has not improved sharks when John Morris was there. So since John's Morris know, he hasn't. and when they were playing more consistent footy under John Morris than they were, they are now. So um reckon is a great signing. South Sydney yeah. can only improve with John Morris sitting there. Helping them out, they're going to lose Wayne Bennett. They've still got a hell of a team. Um,
0: he, yeah, I don't, I don't see why people have been so negative about this. I reckon it's great. Mm. That was a good signing. So that yeah. that's a it's a tick from both of us for the Rabbitohs next year. Um, with regards to COVID, the ever-changing situation, the Storm have now been forced to relocate with a snap lockdown in Melbourne um, starting at eleven fifty nine tonight, supposedly. Um, it's a big blow for the storm. Third time they've had to relocate in a year. And this weekend they were meant to be playing the Knights at Amy Park for the first time since April. So really, really hard for Storm fans to summit, especially those in Melbourne. The players by now are used to it, unfortunately. And you expect them still to hit the ground running. Whereas we've talked last week, all these New South Wales clubs are now doing this for the first time. Um I love it. Yes, yeah, so that will be ready to rock and roll. So pretty much in this Queensland bubble, you've literally got everyone now except for the Cowboys who are still up in Townsville. But between Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast, you've got every other team, uh, which is crazy. To think about it. And we'll go over where the games are going to be played this weekend. Unfortunately for Wally and I, we're both on the sunny coast, Dragon and Seagulls fans, our game's on the Gold Coast. So we're not going to make the trip down uh, for that. Dragons have up the ante in their hunt for Dale Fanucan. So, with Paul Vaughan sacking 800 grand's being freed up on the St. George roster, and they're going to be using that going after Fanucan. We've covered this before. Storm and Fanucan want to stay uh, together. They're a great couple. Unfortunately, with success comes salary, salary cap pressure or salary crap, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Newcastle and Gold Coast are still the other two teams invested or interested in our Finucane's. We'll see how this one goes, but it's believed that St George has approached Finucane's camp again with an upgraded offer. All right, that brings us on to signings that have been done. So we're going to start with NRLW, uh, St George. Uh, We'd heard that they hadn't announced their marquee signings as of yet. They've released their five marquee players, including New South Wales captain Kezi Apps, also Keely Davis um, from Dillaroos as well. Shaylee Bent, Holly Wheeler and New South Wales representative Quincy Dodd will also be part of the Red V in the coming season. Quincy Dodd joins from the Roosters. Uh, oh, so did Benton Wheeler, sorry. So Roosters have given up quite a bit so far. And we've mentioned all the other teams uh, on a previous episode. There's a really good piece up there about uh, Jamie Feeney and when he was released from a role in the NRL and chose to move up to Brisbane to teach at Mars and State High and how he was offered the Titans job from there. Really cool story up there. All right. Uh, NRL signings. Mitch Kenny has signed a one-year extension with the Penrith Panthers and Jake Turpin has extended at the Broncos till the end of the 2022 season. So, I really like
1: both of those signings.
0: Yeah, I think I think these are called like bridge deals, short-term deals to one, allow the club to keep depth at a low cost, but also allows the players to have another season of development to show what they can do. Yeah. Before so, hopefully signing a longer deal worth a greater amount.
1: I reckon Mitch Kenny would isn't. It- Is a starting NRL hooker already. Um, He would thrive at somewhere like Manly, to be honest. Mm -hmm. He'd do really well because you guys just need a hooker. Um, I rate this guy. He's learning off Coruscant. He plays the same kind of way Coruscant does. But what it does is it shows that Penrith are creating that I want to stay here attitude, which, and, you know, Mm. because he could start at a lot of NRL clubs. And I guarantee he got offers. Yeah, but he he wants to stay, and Penrith are created an environment where they want they're keeping their second grade quality players, which is how Melbourne win. It's how Roosters win. Whoever comes in next bands up through a good player. So this is a massive signing for Pembroke because you know you can throw eight hundred dollars into um, eight hundred thousand dollars into James Fisher Harris. But if he gets injured, that's eight hundred thousand dollars sitting on the sideline. Coruscant gets injured, he's on what six, five, six hundred thousand. Mm. A quality player comes in, not the not the same elite talent, but fucking close. Right now, Pemroff don't have a front rower to come in as close as James Fisharius is in talent.
0: So this is massive for the Broncos and Jake. Uh, I was going to say Jake, Jake Deere and then Jake Turpin. It's a really smart deal, I think, from Turpin's point of view, because it gives him a year of playing with Adam Reynolds, who's going to definitely inflate his stats. And if he uses that then to sign a more lucrative deal, whether it's two or more years, uh, Broncos may be in a better position to do so after seeing the dividends of bringing Reynolds to the club. All right, with regards to injuries, Wade Graham remains confident making a return to the field towards the end of the ceiling ceiling, season after a following series of head knocks. He didn't travel up to Brisbane. He's remained in Sydney um, still dealing with concussion like symptoms and rehab for those. Val Holmes uh, supposedly waiting scans after he's suffered a shoulder injury in origin three. We're hearing early whispers of three weeks, uh, which would demonstrate a, a bone bruising or a slight dislodgement, nothing serious. If it's an AC joint injury uh, similar to, say, uh, Nathan Cleary, um, you'd be expecting a longer time than three weeks. So we'll hear out for that. Joseph Sawali will miss the rest of the 2021 season after sustaining an ankle injury that requires surgery. I believe he was your Clive Churchill medalist, no, Rafi, wasn't he? Oh, As a character, because you he were mad that he was playing. Yeah. Um, mm. Bulldogs background, Raymond Fatal Mariner is also gone for the season with his recovery from a long-term foot injury to take an extra two months. I've forgotten he was out. It it seemed like when he got a foot injury, he was going to be back in a couple of weeks and then it just got extended and extended. Now he's out for the season. So a bit of a loss for Bulldogs, who I believe was their best forward last season.
1: Only because they didn't play Stimson.
0: Yes. Okay. True. (laughs) Anything else um, off the ruck or signings, news or casualty? Yeah, I actually kind of feel sorry for Sawali.
1: Um, and I actually feel, feel sorry for Fox Sports because who are they going to talk about now?
0: Oh, I know. Uh, Maybe they'll have to do Billy Can Oh, mate. So, you know, it, it's kind of a...
1: It's kind of disappointing for the bloke because he was so pumped up by everyone else but him about mm. his talent and everything like this. And this kid... I didn't in reserve him. In his reserve-grade trial match that... NRL trial matches barely got filmed two years ago. Yeah. Now they're only filled by one camera above the fucking stadium. And his reserve grade trial match, it got filmed just because he was playing. Yeah, And he it, what's happened is he's succumbed to an injury like every other young bloke does. He didn't light up the NRL. And when he comes back, I just hope the hype isn't still there. Like, it just... It's so disappointing. Like he done yeah, what a young NRL player should have done. He played a few games, came off the bench a few times, and here we are. That, it's just a noise. The
0: silver lining to this for the Roosters is it enables an extra roster position. Uh, roster spot, sorry. Uh, should allow Billy Smith to get a continuous run now through the end of the season. Which um, I'm mad about too.
1: Because I want a Newcastle to sign him if he wasn't getting the run. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. No, no.
0: So... If we don't, uh, new listeners, that's usually our hard hit segment. I forgot to break it up and hit the tackle button. But uh, anyway, so we'll end that one there and we'll come back with round 18 squad announcements. Okay, so game one of round 18 of the 2021 NRL season. We'll see the Titans versus the Eels at Sea Bus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast at six o'clock Friday night. So... Um,
1: Moeika Fotoeka, Farmasuli, and Adrian Brimson will back up. Um, Dave Vafita missed Origin to his one game suspension for dangerous contact. But he, for good news for Titans fans, he didn't play in that game and he'll be back on deck, ready to have a crack in this one. Um, Sam Stone, Jaden Campbell, Mitch Rain were cut from the extended squad. So it seems like during this, or- this COVID period, everyone's naming up to 23 players per week. Which I like, just because you know they get named, get their name out there, and they got more of an option if there is late injuries to throw people in. So this is really good. Um, Eels get a massive boost. Reed Marty comes back, which is absolutely huge for them at Hooker because they've been struggling a bit, despite the fact Freddie Lusick, sorry Joey Lusick, has been playing pretty well. Uh, Junior Polo will be rested with Murata near Corey moves into the front row. This bloke, he was a center early. He year, he?
0: You got Origin Kafusi yeah. on the bench. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kafusi starts and near Corey yeah. back to the bench.
1: Um Keegan Hipgrave and Joey Luffig are uh, moved off for the twenty one. Um Mitch I Rain think... missing out
0: for Gold Coast is Yeah, surprised. but they've got um Aaron Clark, so he's the future, yeah, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, so Antar and Tyrone Peachy off the bench as well. Mm. I, reckon, I reckon Eels are going to be very, very confident in this one. Um, but it will really come down to how Mitch Moses is going after Origin. It'd be interesting, um, because we did discuss this before the game, last before the third game. Sorry, Origin can make or break you, and how it reacts at the end of the year is how you know people have really dropped off after playing Origin. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting how mentally tired Mitchell Moses is because he would have been on a high for the last week and a half, played Origin, lost it, gone through that many emotions. It'd be interesting how he goes in this game. And they do not, other than Will Smith. Yeah, as to say they've got, got
0: Will Smith on the bench as
1: backup. And, and Jake Arthur, if um, Brad Arthur doesn't think he can
0: do it. But the other thing is, you've also got Gutherson and Dylan Brown, who are both ball players in that squad as well. Uh, you know, you're not mm-hmm. going to get much creativity for Reed from Reed Money. I think he'll be fine. The the, the thing that is uh, in his corner, it's the same location that the game was played, so there's not going to be a whole lot of travel in between. They they're situated on the Gold Coast anyway in that bubble, so that takes that out of the oh, equation. Oh, I don't think he will. I just think that.
1: It is interesting for one, that they've got Jake Arthur, who is only in a half position on the bench. And two, it, it has happened before. Yeah. It's only one game, but it has happened before. So, so the other thing is, in.
0: you've got your uh, the three origin players from Titans, plus for feeder are going to be on a high after that win. Uh, Gold Coast Titans are paying $2.35. Parramatta Eels are the $1.58 favorite. Remember, Parramatta are coming off their loss uh, to Penrith uh, in a game that we both, I think had as Parramatta winning where they were close to full strength and Penrith were depleted due to origin and they couldn't pull off the win there. It was one of the most disappointing performances where they went down 13 to 12 after riding a three-game win streak and then going into a bye. So yeah, I reckon they'll be pretty fired up to come out. Um, I'm expecting a high-scoring game. And I don't think the Titans yet have shown the defensive fortitude consistently enough to be able to hold out teams in consecutive weeks or the consecutive – Yeah, they, I don't think they've got it in consecutive At performances. All. Yeah, because um, right. so they did well, hold the for, Raiders 44-6 in their last game before the bye. For, for Gold Coast,
1: you've got Sam McIntyre, Herman SASA,
0: sitting in the reserves
1: list. How many teams do you reckon could do the services of these two blokes? I love like, Sam McIntyre. I reckon oh, yeah. The like, I I watch Herman SASA play a lot, he has got a ridiculous amount of potential. And Sam McIntyre's he,
0: I, he I'd is have this, those two over Joe Leaf and Firmall. I would 100 from what I've those, seen but, this year, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just it, It's so strange. Um, but. Holbrook's got a plan. I just think that if someone rang up McIntyre and goes, "I can give you the number seventeen jersey for the entire year if you're good enough to keep it," um, I reckon he's gone, and that's a depth loss to Gold Coast right there. And I don't,
0: yeah, I don't see it. I'm looking forward to two things in this game: Nathan Brown versus Tino, and it should be a cracker. And I would love—it's not going to happen—but I would love to see Justin Holbrook or Brad Arthur switch their wings so you could have Sevo versus Thompson. That would be hilarious <laughs> to watch. I don't see it happening. Right, who are you picking? I'm, I'm going to go Parramatta. I would not be surprised in a Titans upset here, um, but I'm, I'm going to go Parra. Parramatta. All okay, right, next you so. game. You got... Oh, so you got Friday, 7.55, so the later game. Unfortunately, it's at Seabus Stadium if you're on the sunny coast, like myself, and you're a Manly fan. Um, Seagulls versus Dragons. So... Dragons have been a bit of a bogey side for the Seagulls. They've won six of their past seven against the Seagulls. Seagulls, Seagulls, regardless of where they both are on the table, there's something weird about it. It's like what the Raiders used to have over the Dragons. Um, It frustrates me every time I watch it. But Tom Trebojevic is out. He's been rested. Daly Cherry-Evans is backing up for Manly. So that's Ruben Garrick at fullback. They're keeping the same... Bloody back line as last week, except for Cherry Evans come back at halfback. So Sully is on the wing, which annoys the shit out of me. Brad Parker and Harper in the centres. God damn. And at least Cherry Evans is back. Uh, Ford Pack has a huge inclusion in Josh Schuster back from his ankle injury. Sean Keffy keeps his spot at lock. Dylan Walker's just back to the interchange with Carl Lawton. And Toph has been cleared of any injury after coming off the field late last week. On the reserves, you have Kay Kast and Tavita Funa. Uh, I don't, again, it's a second week in a row. I don't understand Hasler's selections. To me, there's much, there's much better back lines you can put out there that make a hell of a lot more sense. In Dylan Walker at centre, George Tafua on the wing. You've got specialist wingers not playing like Tui Polotu. Brad Parker's not a wing. Morgan Harper's not a wing. Moses Sully is not a wing. And <laughs> Dylan Walker's a better center than all three of them. Um, they're, good. they're having good years. I'll give them that. But they're not make or break players. It's still not the best team you can put out there. It's not. And you look at the Dragons. So this is the first week of their players serving suspension. So the three players out for the Dragons – uh, will be Matt Dufty, Tyrell Fumano, and Cade Ellis. Coach Anthony Griffin says he expects Tariq Sims and Ben Hunt to back up. So for the Dragons, Tyrell Sloan comes in at fullback. Uh, so Ben Hunt comes back at halfback. Uh, Jack DeBellin will play prop. Jackson Ford will play lock. So when I first read through this, I was like, so who's actually missing apart from Dufty? And it was Fui Ono and Kate Ellis is a fringe player. So, Billy Burns comes on the interchange that Wally will love. And Jermaine Tanua brown on that three-week contract from the Warriors is on the interchange for the Dragons. So, yeah, they've dropped Avaro, Dufty, Paul Vaughan and Tyrell Fui Mayono. Yes. Yeah. I literally think Avaro is just a dropping bit.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So, I,
1: I I'm really curious about this game. Because one, Ben Hunt's backing up from origin and he had an absolute whopper of a game. We actually didn't show him the respect in our um, review of origin. He killed it. I think he made close to 50 tackles, scored two tries. And some of these tackles, like that one on the trail, Mitchell made him drop the ball cold. Mm. Um, It took the rest of the game for Mitchell to get over that. Like he was massive. And he just put his body on the line and you... That as Adam said, you didn't see that in the first two games. So but it'd be very interesting how he backs up because mentally Mitch Moses was tired in the previous game. There's no way in hell Ben Hunt's not physically tired in this game. Like he he was everywhere. So and without Ben Hunt and losing Matt Dufty, um, all that kind of stuff, but the overall attitude reaction that the St. George are going to have, they'll either cave in and not do anything or just come out guns blazing. Which, when something big in a club happens, like we, we always go back to losing a coach, it's always interesting how the team react to it the next weekend. Sometimes they get pissed off and sometimes they just, yeah, go, go in and within themselves. So, this will be interesting.
0: How, how do you think they'll react, this team? to what's been happening in the last week? And oh, they're, they're inconsistent at the best of times, let alone coming off the back of something like they've been going through. Um, that plus with the change up of positions and all that sort of stuff. To me, honestly, for Hazard, it's going to be pretty hard to plan against uh, mm. what's going to happen. Tyrell no Simone one's actually- had a cracker of a game yeah. last time he was out. Um, I... It's the second week of I'm just literally sitting here going, I have no confidence in my team, literally based on what I'm seeing and the players that they've got in the positions. The upside is Schuster being back in, gives them that extra That's ball player on the edge. Massive. Inverse three Sims should be a really good battle. We've got the straight running Sims versus the crafty, big, strong running Schuster. Uh, I, I can see players like Hunt, Norman, Sloan attacking Sean keppi after seeing him tire so quickly in the lock position last week. I find this one really hard to pick because Seagulls were horrible last week, except for when they got it within the 20 and had a couple of cracks. But the structures just did not work. Cherry Evans being back is going to be huge. And... He'll be on a high after after that win, as will Ben Hunt. And they're opposing each other. Uh, Honestly,
1: I reckon. I just for the fact that for the last week and a half, I reckon Saint George players essentially hate each other for what happened. Um, I reckon you're going to come up against a very disjointed team this weekend.
0: I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking Manly. Who are you you're going, Manly? I'll go Manly because we're at home. Yeah, righto. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Manly play once down the Gold Coast and played pretty well, so I'm literally going to go off that. I again, it's the second game where I just I would not be surprised. I can't believe what the price is. Manly is a dollar twenty-four. St so George four dollars ten.
1: Okay, <laughs> next game. I've got you got Roosters versus Cowboys. Valentine Holmes is not going to play, so he's been named. Wait, wait on
0: they've jumped a. Game here. Oh, no, 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 no. They've screwed it up on the um, NRL website.
1: Yeah. All okay, right. So, valentine uh, Holmes isn't going to play. So, I imagine that Dijon Arthur is going to come in somewhere, either at six with Scott Drinkwater going to one, like they did last week. Um, I think that's the best thing to do. Wait on. Um, Francis Molo and Hamasau Tabao Fida will be named to play. And Helium Luke Lukey being suspended. Peter Holler is a new face and
0: interchange. new change. Okay. Um, Wait, on didn't, didn't one of these outside backs for Cowboys resign as well. It might have been... Remember. Was it L- Tulagi? Let...
1: Yeah, maybe. Okay, so for the Roosters, um, no, no changes, but... Um, no injuries, sorry, from last game. But Tedesco, Angus Crichton and Victor, um, Victor Redley are back. Um, so while he's out, Billy Smith is going to play. Um, but he drops to reserves and with Tedesco back and Manu moving to the centres. Um, there
0: goes my Crichton. Billy Smith will get a run to the end of the season. Yeah.
1: Theory. Crichton returns, pushing Isaac Liu to the front row and Takiyo is out during hamstring tightness. Um, so Fletcher Baker is out of isolation and back on the bench after missing last week's game so for this one look, I think with Tedesco back in this team Roosters are going to just run right over the Dogs uh, Cowboys the way they've been played they're probably the most disjointed team in the competition but I feel like Sam Walkers is going to cop it all over again It's I feel I'm going to feel bad for the poor bastard but it is. Sam worse. Walker. Yes.
0: He's gonna cut what?
1: Everyone running at him again. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought you meant like cut criticism or something. Because I'm you like... see who the lock is for cowboys, they're gonna just gonna oh, target yeah. him all game.
0: No, they won't, if, because you know... Tamil only runs in the middle of the field Yeah, yeah so I'm going roosters in this one. If I if Peyton could come out and give me guarantee that Tumla will be on the field for 70 minutes, I would see the Cowboys winning. The fact that he's not going to, I'm going to Roosters, Is that big a difference.
1: <laughs> it it right. just
0: is. He's just, I don't see McLean right done. And we saw last week, no other forward even got close to 100 metres for the Cowboys. It was yeah, a non-contest. Next game, you got Raiders. Raiders and, shot. oh yeah, so uh, Cowboys $3.30, at, the only team that's actually at home this week, I think. Oh, no, Broncos yeah, gold are at home. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, sorry, because they're on the uh, 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 Cowboys okay. $3.30, Sydney Roosters dollar $1.33. Um, um, okay. Canberra versus the Sharks. Canberra versus Cronulla.
1: So Jack White and Josh Papali are going to back up. Yep. Um, Elliot Whitehead's out with a head gash injury. Matt Frawley drops out of the squad. Good. Dunamis Louis suffered a calf strain against Manly and is expected to miss two games. Mm-hmm. Josh Hannah is stuck with the same 17 that knocked off the Warriors. Matt Moylan mater- remains sidelined and um, Will Chambers is still sidelined due to being in quarantine. Um, and Royce Hunt, he is like a steroided version of Braden Hamlin Ueli. He is a monster. Don't um, say steroids amongst- in Cronulla. <laughs> listed amongst, for his, uh, amongst the reserves and he could get a run here. Um, don't be surprised. I'm actually going to go Sharkies on this
0: one. Yes, Xavier Savage is still at fullback for Canberra. We saw when Caleb Aitkins came in how much they didn't really lose with regards to metres, but they kept creativity. Xavier Savage hasn't had the same impact, and I think they've missed a fair bit of that from the back. Uh, Canberra did beat Manly at last start. They were not. They did not look good. They got two... Tries literally off Sam Williams doming and running, which you can't expect. And you got the trices off Moses of Sully's head. Uh, literally taking the Canberra thing out of it. And they're both playing in the same area. I, I think the Sharks are rolling better at the moment. The, the players yeah. standing out for Canberra. Corey Hawiranaira is just continuing his run of good form. Um I like the matchup of him versus Brighton, the who's having a quieter season than what we've seen of him in the past. Jack White will probably want to put in a really good performance based on some of the criticism the halves are coming under from State of Origin. But I, I like the fact that Sharks have got um, Mulatalo and Katoa both back on the wings. I think that's their best winger combination. So I'm going to stick with the Sharks as well. Uh, What's the odds? Uh, Aaron Woods has been floating around Parramatta and Manly rumour circles, which scares the hell (laughs) out of me.
1: And he's also toured the Broncos facilities.
0: Yes. Canberra Raiders $2.02. Cronulla Sharks $1.78. So the closest match of the weekend, according to the bookmakers.
1: Okay. Next game. I actually believe this is the game of the round.
0: Oh yeah, this will um, be this will be a cracker.
1: Are you being sarcastic?
0: Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> the fact right,
0: that New- um Melbourne is going for a storm versus Broncos like record, in that Melbourne have won their last nine games yeah. against the Knights, so they're going for ten in a row.
1: Okay, so for this one,
0: Newcastle
1: one man off being full strength. And I just want to, I'm curious as to how they play. Do they fold against the top Melbourne team? Do they do better? I don't know. But unfortunately, three rounds ago, if this was the four, three, four, five rounds ago, if this was the case, I'd be happy with us being a close loss. But how close we are to the eight right now, we have to win. So That's Tokyo, it's
0: not in Melbourne. <laughs>
1: oh, mate, COVID's my friend this week.
0: So this one's also so- on the Gold Coast. So that's the first four games of the weekend. Uh all the sorry, three of the first four games all at the Gold Coast outside of the Cowboys. All right. So
1: Melbourne are still holding back Pappenhausen and Grant. They both were supposedly fit, but he'd rather him be fit for the run at the finals, which is a typical oh, to have those issues. Craig Bellamy move. Um it seems like he's really worried about Newcastle. Mm. But in saying that too, um Craig Bellamy is known to rest. Players and I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Adokar got rested just because of that hit he took of Famicillian origin on his back. But he's
0: still monitoring Munster, Adokar, Nukan Felice Cafusi, and Christian Welch. Right, don't tell me um, who's missing from Newcastle. I want to see if I can work it out considering I pay hardly any attention to him because you're here. Okay, hold up. For Newcastle, uh, Typhon Frizzell. Oh, then. Bradman Best.
1: Yeah, Daniel okay. Saifides. Back in, so he's um going to be going pretty hard on the pain exec- exec- injections, injections from this. Um, so Suaso Sue's out with a hammy, so he's probably someone else. I'd be I'm pretty disappointed he's not there. Um, Kalen Ponga, he'll be our go-to man. Um,
0: but yeah, that's really all it is. I, I like but- that back row. For himself, it's given a Barnett at Lock. Yeah. I think that's the best balance there.
1: Um, I'm going Knights uh, because I have to start saying positive, but Jesus, this is going to be a test for us. And it'll, it'll, it'll really bring us back down to earth because everyone's so
0: positive after the Cowboys. So, yeah, yeah it's really uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Christian Welch starts off the bench for the Storm and Kamikamika takes the the big hits at the start of the game uh, just to ease Welch back in after Origin.
1: Who do you reckon is going to go out for? you reckon they're going to keep their full... Melbourne are going to keep their full
0: Origin yeah. contingent? I think so because Munster's already had weeks off earlier this year through injury and... What
1: about JAC? Josh had a Do you reckon- well, He
0: hasn't had a rest yet this year. And Bellamy does usually rest him at some point through the year. The difference there is you've got um, Dean Oremia in the reserves as well. Tepai Moreau was there, actually. First time we've seen him, I yeah. think.
1: Um, and- also, keep an eye on Caelan um, Ponga because Tex Hoy is in reserves. If he pulls up a bit tight after. He said he was going to play today, but... You Know oh. hamstrings, groins that boy struggles with them. See so
0: yeah, how we well, go. If you're as confident as the, with the Knights as Jared is, they're paying a juicy six dollars forty down <laughs> to a dollar <laughs> eleven against the Knights. All right, so the first of our three games on you, Sunday, wait, wait, hold up, you've got a storm, aren't you? Yes, uh, we got Warriors <laughs> versus Panthers Sunday, two o'clock at Suncorp Stadium. And for the Warriors, Rocco Berry comes back into the centers, which I do like to see. Um, Cody Nicarima, Sean O'Sullivan keep their spots in the halves. to Vega keeps his spot at starting lock with Tohu Harris likely out although he is in the reserves as is Chad Townsend as is Ewan Aitken uh, Ewan Aitken is healthy to play after serving his two week quarantine but has not been picked uh, Josh Curran who also served that two week quarantine is back on the interchange though with Lisa Nama, Buntia Fowler, and Kane Evans. For the Penrith Panthers, Dylan Edwards returns from yet another injury, putting Charlie Staines back onto the wing. Matt Burton will play at 5'8". Tyra May will play at halfback, replacing Luai and Cleary. Coruscant has been named a backup, as has Kurt Catewell and Isaiah Yo in second row and lock, respectively. On the bench, Liam Martin... Mitch Kenny after his recent extension, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu. So in the reserves for Penrith, you've got players such as Matt Eisenhood, Paul Momorowski, Robert Jennings. So covering a bunch of spots there. It's interesting because we heard that Tori Harris was gonna be out for a few weeks and he is in here on the reserves. um, With regards to Harris, there's no specific mentions of him. Yeah, the Warriors have not won in Queensland since 2019, albeit they're not versing a Queensland side. Uh, for Penrith, nothing except for the fact that they've won seven of their past nine games against the Warriors. So, origins behind us. Teams aren't going to rest as many players. Luai and Cleary are both out due to injury only. Outside of that, Penrith are pretty close to a full-strength side. I Honestly, the only changes I'd make would probably be moroski into the centres, Nate into the wing, and Staines out because I still haven't been impressed by anything more than his finishing ability. Outside yeah, of um, that, I think they're pretty full-strength,
1: Penrith. Yeah, well, it's massive that they lost the halves. That's huge. Um, but... They did beat Parramatta. Also, Chad Townsend sitting at twenty-one jersey. Mm. Keep an eye on that one. Terrio Harris as well. So I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of hell
0: of a lot of late changes at Warriors. Well, I think there's more quality to come back into the Warriors off the reserves than there is for Penrith. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you look- had a guarantee of Harris and Townsend playing, would it change? You mind if I, reckon
1: you are okay. I reckon they're both going to play. I reckon they're both going to play. I'm actually going to pick Warriors in this. I would love I to see was risky, Warriors I know it's risky, but these. I wouldn't be surprised if they swung this. Like, um, Dylan Edwards is just coming back. Roger tuivasa shek is absolutely killing it when he touches the ball. And I just think that... At least he could tell getting better and better. Each yeah, week and I just think that um, having... Adam Finell Black and Matt Lodge, I reckon that's an awesome combination up front, and I think that uh, Matt Lodge up against um, Fisher Harris, Fisher Harris is pr- kick- going to be pretty oh, cool. Kick out versus Katoa, yeah. So stuff like that, you you're looking forward to, and I don't think Kickout's been playing overly well this year. But nope. look, Pemmerif is still Pemmerif; they still hung out and um, were able to beat Para. I'm just, I'm just, and is kind of a better side this than the Warriors. Game. I just
0: have a little bit of a
1: feeling that this could go yeah. the other
0: way. So, Warriors are at three dollars and five cents, Penrith Panthers at a dollar 38. I'm with you, actually. No, oh, I, I like the Warriors in this one. I have no idea why, uh, considering they lost their last start, but gut feeling, man. I've been telling myself, go with your gut feeling more. So, so you're going Warriors, yeah. And if it, all right. Loser means my Next sells.
1: game, Suncorp Stadium. Broncos versus Tiggins. Why the hell are you on the Warriors? They're on
0: a three, four, five, five-game losing streak.
1: <laughs> okay, so for Broncos, Haas, Xavier Coates, and Tom Flegler, they look like they will back up. Oh, we didn't and- even talk about
0: Haas's contract. Oh, so... It hasn't been.
1: So we'll about- it, it, past- yeah, it hasn't been. It hasn't been clarified. Um, Haas, Coates, and Flegler look like they're going to back up four days after Origin. would not be surprised if they did. Uh, Kobe Heverton is in the 13 jersey. Um, and after getting a late chance, while Corey Pakes, Flegler come onto the in-chain, Jesse Arthur's out with a head knock, and Ethan Bullimore dropping to the extended bench. Um and Albert Kelly, even though he's, he can return, Tyson Gamble retains his spot with Brody Croft in the halves. Moses M-boy, um is getting dropped.
0: To the bench. To the bench, is it?
1: Yeah. Oof.
0: I don't agree with that. Well, Adam Dewey shifts to the 5'8", which I like. And Junior Pagai gets a debut Start. in the centres.
1: Yeah. So, um, and yeah... Adam Dewey switches back to 5'8". And Fataliga Pulga makes his debut in the centres. Um, I think kamano he he was named as the 19th man from mm-hmm. New South Wales. He's only going to benefit by hanging around that camp for a while. I love that
0: starting driven. prop combination for the West Tigers. Utakamano Udu- oh, and... Um, James Palmo. Uh, oh, sorry. McKaylee's been promoted to start. I thought he'd be in the props, but he's at lock.
1: Um and Tuki Simpkins has started an interchange for them, mm-hmm. and David Northfaluma requires one try to break the all-time try scoring record. We actually didn't talk about him as well. So um, the CEO's I think his daughter was having a wedding on the Sunday night not long ago. No, no COVID restrictions, and um, David Vinov-Faluma went. And he rocked up hungover to training the next day. And he got dropped from the leadership group. Really? <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. going to the so, CEO's daughter's wedding. Yeah, something like that. Might have been head of football. I'm not sure which one Love it was, it. but yeah. Um, so but he requires one try to break the all-time try scoring record for the club. So I've got to confirm if that's mess magpie's and
0: no, um, the Balmain club is covered, West Or
1: is this West Tigers? But yeah.
0: They'd so Pat that's Richards, it. wouldn't it? He'd have the record.
1: This is this is I, I don't even care about this game. I'm really not happy with Tessie New at fullback. I don't like it. How many um, people
0: like because they'll be selling these tickets, I guess, as a triple header. So you got Warriors versus Penrith as the first game in so that's probably gonna be the most exciting game. Yeah. Honestly, um, I think this is the first time I'm gonna pick the Broncos all season.
1: No, I'm going Tigers, but if you go Broncos, go for it. Um, okay.
0: Good, Tony Staggs versus everybody.
1: <laughs> okay, next game. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. Um,
0: I right? oh, was the odds on that one last one, by the way? Uh, Broncos, I'll have to go back and check for when they're versus Canterbury, but they're favorites. I was going to say it mm. could be the first time this season. $1. seventy-two. West Tigers $2.10.
1: Okay, oh, next gosh. game you got South Sydney versus Bulldogs. I am legitimately worried. Um, and don't be surprised if a few Origin players get rested in this one. No, you I got don't. Trill, it's, Mitchell, Mitchell, Cam, Murray, Danny Cook, Gay
0: guy. Last game, named. last game of the round. Oh, they've, they've had enough time to rest. They'll be fine. What, what What is the what is the odds on this one? I just want to know now. Nine dollars seventy five to Canterbury to a dollar five. So not okay. any money to be made here.
1: Okay, Latrell, Mitchell, Camari, Cooley, and Dane Gagai will be named. Blake Taff, Braden Burns, and Peter Mamazoulis are still waiting on the extended bench in case and any Mansell. of them drop
0: out. So that's like the full-strength Rabbitohs back line <laughs> minus Tane Milne and Mansour. But Mansour's been on the reserve for three straight weeks. Um, yeah. Tane, Tane Milne's Milne been in good try-scoring suspended. form.
1: Um, Liam might suspended. Um, no, no, no. they got fines. Oh, available to play.
0: Sorry. Yeah, yeah fines. Mark,
1: uh, mark, Darren Nichols will, will make his 100th NRL game this weekend. He talked about okay, through Bulldogs. the week the
0: importance of Wayne Bennett on him reaching that mark, which is really mm-hmm. nice yeah. piece. Um,
1: Bulldogs, Ava C. Penangai. I never realised how big this bloke was. He's like oh, he's a big fella. Guy. Um, He returns for a one-game experience. Suspension, which would be really good because he's been really, like, really up front and really Solid strong for, for the Bulldogs, yeah. Um, and started on the interchange and named of the potential Queensland player from last year, Offaheehiki off of Ogden. So he's gone well and truly down to where he was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh jackson saw places, off a Tony. And... Um, so, is Joe Simpson getting the run? In a the seventeen, oh,
0: Ridiculous. Jaden Seward's got a starting run in the forwards uh, yeah. and second row with Jai Arrow. Nowhere to be seen. Ooh.
1: That is interesting. But, yeah, so for Bulldogs, Jaden Ockenbohr, Kyle Flanagan are sitting on the bench with Matt Dory. So they've got a No, pretty, they're in the reserves. They're not even on the Sorry, bench. on the reserves, sorry. So they've got a pretty um open flavor of making some late changes if Trent Barrett wants it. Um obviously that's not going to change
0: a fucking thing with this game, but it is what it is. So um Lachlan Lewis has not been offered a new contract with Bulldogs has been told to look elsewhere and supposedly Bulldogs supporters have started a petition to keep him at the club. Um Bulldog I feel like they should be waste, wasting their yeah, time I'd, in a yeah, better way. It. It'd make more sense to let him go, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, he scored two tries last week. Great. That's yeah. <laughs> Sam Williams scored two tries last week. Here we got rabbits. Contest, context, not contest. Yeah, rabbits by fifty. <laughs> um, Luke Thompson, I'm going to give you a shout out. You've been a bloody warrior in this Bulldogs. Four pack all season. If you play fantasy, he's in the top 10 with regards to average and he's on a team that doesn't score points. So he's doing everything from hit ups and tackles. So the day where he scores a try, he'll probably score 200. Um fala kiko Manu for the Bulldogs, a player to keep an eye on. I've the games that he's played coming in uh when he had to come in on debut for different reasons for the Bulldogs. has looked quite good, uh, looks energised, looks keen to tie down a position there. So a player worth watching. Uh, yeah, I've got Rabideaus in that, definitely. Okay. All right. No, cool. Um, oh, I haven't done a value bet. I'll have to come back to that one, I guess. But to finish off tonight, uh, listener of the show, Benny Taylor, has... Sent on one of our group chats. See the fact that he got 12 out of 15 on a state of origin quiz that is up on zero tackle at the moment. So, Jared and I are going to do this right now live and see if we can beat Ben's score of 12 out of 15. So, this is to do with the 2021 state of origin series. It's the first time we've seen this quiz. Um, ben literally just put on the group chat saying I got 12 out of 15. So, we're going to see how we go. Which player was named Man of the Match after Game One? We've got four options, and we have to see our answer on the same at the same time. So that's what it looks like on the screen. I can't it's see it. Right, yeah, it's too bright. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, Tom Trebovich, Damian Cook, Nathan Cleary. All right, one, two, three. Trebovich. Oh. oh, sorry. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah, it's Trebovich. Okay, cool. Uh question two. Uh jeez, isn't is loading. There was too many ads. Which player made the most tackles in the 2021 State of Origin series? Damien Cook, Cameron Murray, Tino Fasamawale, Felice Cafusi. All right, answer on three. One, two. Three Tino Murray. Oh crap. Okay, was that right? I don't know. Doesn't give the answers till the end, I don't think. Uh, Who scored the opening try in game two? Tom Travovich, Josh Adokar, Cameron Murray, Brian Uh, one two three Tuo damn it. Was it really? Yeah, Tedesco threw that like cutout all to him. Yeah, okay. I didn't want to pay that much attention. I'll put Josh Adekar there. Oh, yeah, because he didn't get any in the first game, did he? And then yeah. we got two in the second game. Was it that? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Who won the Wally Lewis medal? We both just talked about that one, so I'm just going to tick that box for both of us. <laughs> um, oh, God. Queensland were held scores at Suncorp Stadium for the first time ever in game two. What is their previous lowest score at the venue? Two, 10, four, or seven? Answer on three. One, two, three, two. Okay, cool. I think they won that game two nil. Unless that was at a uh, different stadium. I have a feeling we're not doing too well. But we'll get that in the end. We'll see. Ben cheated, though. Who is the youngest player in this year's Origin Series? Hamasau Fido, Brian Tuto, Xavier Coates, Payne Haas. On three. One, two, three. Coates. Fido. Crap. How is he? Keep going. Just keep going. God damn it how much attention I pay. Uh, who scored the first try in game three? Fidel, Mitchell, White, and Hunt. One, two, three. Fidel. Mitchell. Did he? Yeah, it was 6 2. Oh, crap, it was too. <laughs> I was just looking at Fidel. You suck. I was looking at Queensland. I'm too biased for this. I just don't show it off as much, Jared. What was the overall score difference over the series? Blues 92-30. Blues 94-26. Blues 98-22. Blues 88-18. 3, 2, 1, 94-26. Yeah, 94-26. God damn it. Let's not ever speak of that again. I don't know what question we're up to. We're pretty close. <laughs> we're over halfway. Which Blues player missed the first game due to suspension? Am I even gonna read them out? Why there didn't Croydon, Saifidi, Khorisau? Croydon. Yeah, Croydon. And we're doing that one. Right, right, I'm feeling pretty positive about that one. Not, not about the others. Uh, who, oh, God. <laughs> Who performed? So, what was the entertainment before game one? Jessica Mowboy, Shepard, Dale Braithwaite, the Veronicas. Shepard. Okay, you go Shepard, I'll go Veronicas. Oh, I,
1: I would have loved to be Braithwaite. I would have been blasting out horses for days. Yeah,
0: I don't watch the pre match entertainment generally. <laughs> Uh, How many points did Nathan Cleary score in the series? 26, 34, 24, 28. Um, So he got every kick. Are going to say a fuckload? So we'll
1: say 34. Score any tries? It's
0: 34 or 28. Yeah, I'm going to go 26. Where are you going? 34? Yeah. All right. I'll pick I'll pick your one because you seem more confident than I do. Once you get past twenty, I don't have any more fingers or toes left, and I have taught and you for six years. I'm surprised. Um, which player ran for the most meters in the 2021 State of Origin series? 2 To'o, Tedesco, Kate Will. Right, I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going against my man. You seem way more legit on your answers, so I just keep ticking yours. So I don't know if we're going to get a decent score at the end of this. Oh, I'm not even going to ask that question. What is it? What town got State of Origin 1 at the last minute? Uh. Gold Coast And uh, What have we got? Two questions left. Oh, God. With New South Wales achieving their greatest victory against any Queensland side in game one, in what year did Queensland record their greatest ever win against New South Wales? 2013, 56 12. We'll go 2013. Why would you remember that? I couldn't even remember that. I I, don't know if it'd be right, but I'm pretty sure it was around that they won 56 12. Let's just go with that. I like the sound of that one. That's good. Same, same. Probably wrong. What's well, the same difference in points as 50 to 6? Who scored Queensland's only try in the first two games? Okay, well. Yeah, that one. That's so... If, if you need anything to sum up Queensland series, it's that. 100%. There okay, we go. Um. um I didn't realise I had to put my email in at the end. No, you don't. You just go ignore oh, it and see my results. 10 out of 15. Oh, Ben's better than us. Well, I don't know. I kept changing between our results. Oh, here we go. They do actually give the answers. Sweet. Here we go. Tom Travojevic, man of the match, game one. What did, what did you say?
1: Tom right, Travojevic.
0: Which player made the most tackles? I said uh, Cam Murray. No, Felice Fusi.
1: Ah, there you go.
0: No, we both got that one wrong. Okay. Um, who scored the opening try? Ado Carr. Oh, I was
1: right. You were wrong.
0: Yeah. Who won the Wally Lewis medal? We both got that one. Sun, uh, with score was two. Youngest player. Oh, it was feed out, you bugger. Who scored the first try in game three? Mitchell.
1: Yeah, you got that wrong.
0: Yeah, I'm getting a 94 26. We both got that one. Angus it's We both got that one. They're the easy ones. The Veronicas. Yeah, I got one back. Uh, 34 points. Damn it. You got that. I lose one again. James Tedesco ran for the most meters. Not surprising in the slightest. Townsville. 2015. Damn it. That's what I get for listening to you. I was falsely okay, confident. K-Low. You had no idea anyway. One, two, three. Oh, hey, you only got three wrong. There you go. So you got 12 as well. Cop that, Benny. I only got seven wrong. <laughs> I didn't pay much attention. Guys, that's I think all that's all for tonight. Oh yeah. Um, if you scored 13 or more, bugger off. Um we will come back at you guys Monday with our wrap-up of round 18. Um, and we're going to have a look at which teams have the hardest run home over the last uh, six rounds. So, anything from you, Jared? Not sweet. He wants to get out of here, as do I. Sleep time. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's Craft Beer Choice of the Week.